Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. To all the dads in the room, happy Father's Day. It is, yeah, go ahead. Let's give all our dads a hand. It is so good to be together as we continue our series, Made for More, which is a deep dive into Galatians chapter five and this section of scripture that we call the fruit of the spirit. And two weeks ago, we kicked off this series by saying that we weren't made for the things that people so often pursue in this world, but instead we were made for love by God, the creator, saved for love by Christ, our savior, and empowered to love by his Holy Spirit. The first and most important part of the Spirit's fruit is love. The second part the Apostle Paul mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 is joy, which Pastor Jimmy talked about last week, and today we're moving on to the third part, which is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on. Well, today we wanna talk about peace as we work our way through Galatians chapter five, verses 16 through 25. And so if you have your Bibles or a Bible app, go ahead and get those out, open those up, get them ready, Galatians 5, 16 through 25. But before we go to the scriptures, let's let's talk for a second about conflict. Let's talk about war. A couple of years ago when tensions between Iran and the United States were running really, really high, you might remember that, uh, my son came home from school one day and he said, Dad, did you know we are starting World War III and we're gonna have a draft? And I said, "Um, no, son, we're not. And he said, Dad, yes, we are. Everybody at school is talking about it. And I said, no, son, we're not. And if we are, you don't need to worry about it. But he just had this this excitement. It was almost palpable, this, this tension, maybe a little bit of fear, maybe not. Maybe a little anxiety over it. Maybe even a little enthusiasm for it. Just this kind of, um, this could be really bad, but it's really interesting to talk about. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It seems like every single time nations go to war, all we hear is what? They're starting World War III. Or maybe you've been nervous about what you've heard in the news lately, things happening around the world. Well, I haven't been nervous, but I have been praying. I feel that my God-given responsibility to our government is to pray for them. Not to promote them, nor to protest them, but to pray for them. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-3 through three explicitly tells the followers of Christ that our responsibility toward the government is to pray for them. That we may live, and I quote, quiet, holy, and this is key, peaceful lives. So today I wanna talk about peace. And actually I wanna talk about conflict and peace. And I'm not talking about war and peace between the nations, but spiritual conflict and spiritual peace within our hearts and within our lives. And that brings us to our big idea for today. 
In a world saturated with conflict, the followers of Christ are called to peace. In a world saturated with conflict, Christians are called to peace. We don't push for conflict. We don't celebrate conflict. We don't run and hide from conflict either. Sometimes we even have to engage in conflict, but we were called to peace. We were made for peace. In a world saturated with conflict, Christians are called to peace. Galatians chapter 5. Verses 16 through 25, in a letter written by the Apostle Paul addressing a church in conflict, says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Well, there are three primary truths in these verses that I want to share with you today. Number one, there is a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Number two, doing whatever you want just leads to more conflict. And number three, keeping in step with the spirit leads to peace. So let's start with the first truth. If you're taking notes, the first truth drawn from these verses is this. There is a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, in his letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul was addressing a church in conflict. Paul had started this church in Galatia, and then he had moved elsewhere to start more churches. And after Paul had moved on, another group of men, of Jewish men, they came along to Galatia to argue that Paul had not shared the full gospel with the Galatians. You see, Paul had said that salvation comes grace through faith, not through our goodness. In other words, our salvation is not contingent upon our ability to obey religious laws or rules or to do good deeds in any way, shape, or form. It's dependent on the work of Jesus on the cross alone, not on our good works, good deeds, goodness, or good actions. That's what Paul taught. But then these other guys, they came along and they said, well, no, actually, that's not enough. It's the work of Jesus on the cross combined with our ability to follow the Jewish scriptures and the Jewish laws. That's what saves us. And so these men, they said to the Galatian Christians, who incidentally, the Galatian Christians were not Jewish. They said, well, you need to follow Jewish customs, not just follow Jesus, but you need to also follow Jewish customs. You need to celebrate Jewish holidays. You need to eat a Jewish diet. You need to keep the Jewish religious laws as well. 
And by the way, you probably don't know this, but the Judaism of Jesus' day and Paul's day was not the religion Moses practiced. It was another religion altogether, a religion called Second Temple Judaism. And it had all these special laws and these special regulations to keep people from sinning. Guardrails, so to speak, so that people wouldn't fall off the wagon of religiosity and holiness. For instance, there are principles found throughout the Bible that indicate that we should take regular Sabbaths, regular time in our schedules every week for worship and for rest. For the Jews, you probably know that Saturday. For Christians, it's Sunday. But in Second Temple Judaism, they developed these guardrails on top of the Sabbath principle to make sure that people didn't accidentally do any work. For instance, they couldn't start a fire on Saturday because starting a fire might constitute work. Now, when I was in Israel a few years ago, I learned that that law has evolved today into don't turn on any light switches because fire, as fire was light for them, so now light bulbs are light for us. And so the new guardrail is don't turn on any lights on Saturday. And now, get this, with the advent of the lighted refrigerator, true story, that has evolved into unscrew the light bulbs in your refrigerator on Friday so you don't accidentally turn on a light when you open the refrigerator door on Saturday. I am not kidding. These are just some of their religious laws today. The guardrails around the religious laws put in place so people don't accidentally break the Sabbath. That's today in the religion practiced in Israel called Orthodox Judaism. But my point here is that Second Temple Judaism, the Judaism of Jesus' day and Paul's day, that hundreds of man-made religious laws put in place to keep people holy. And some of these Christians, they were Christian converts from Second Temple Judaism. They were Jewish converts. They came into the Galatian church where Paul had taught a simple salvation, a gospel of salvation by grace through faith. And they said, you know what? Paul is wrong. You got to keep all the Jewish laws too. And so there was this huge conflict in the Galatian church over this new teaching. And it had divided the church so badly that they had written to Paul for help. And he had responded by writing the book of Galatians. And in this Galatian letter, Paul condemned the guys who had infiltrated the church with this combination of Second Temple Judaism and Christianity. And he further argued, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you don't need religious rules at all. Yes, you're made of flesh, which desires to do selfish and sinful things. But as Christians, you are filled with the Holy Spirit who empowers you to overcome those things. When you have the Holy Spirit, you are free from religious laws. Now, in that context, we find these words. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law.
Now, for our purposes today, we just need to acknowledge from these verses the conflict between the flesh and the spirit, between the desires of our flesh and the work of God's spirit within us. And the word conflict in verse 17, it means adversity, adversary, opposite, opposition, opponent. The actual Greek word is anti or anti. Our flesh is anti-Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is anti-flesh. They are in conflict with each other. And I think if we're all being honest, this is something we all struggle with, right? Like we wanna get our bodies healthy because we know that's a good thing to do, but instead we eat cake and ice cream every chance we get. There's a conflict there. Wanna stop smoking or drinking because it's a healthy thing to stop, but yet we run out to get a pack of smokes and a fifth of Jack. There's a conflict there. We wanna stop spending money on frivolous things because it enslaves us to debt and keeps us from honoring God with our money, but, but we got a 40% off scratcher from Kohl's. <laughs> and so we feel like Paul in Romans seven fifteen when he wrote, I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate, I do. Anybody relate with Paul? And what we do sometimes, oftentimes what we do is we surrender to the desires of our flesh. We just throw up our hands and we say, I'm tired of the conflict, so I'm just gonna give in to my flesh. But here's the problem with that decision. Doing whatever you want just leads to more conflict. More and more conflict. Tired of fighting my temptation to spend money, so I'm going to Kohl's, I'm gonna max out my credit card and that amazing sale they're having. I'm gonna do what I want. Tired of fighting my temptation to eat processed sugar, so I'm, I'm going to Dairy Queen, I'm gonna get the biggest banana split they got. I'm gonna do what I want. Tired of fighting the temptation to smoke or drink or self-medicate in unhealthy ways. I'm just gonna do what I want. And you may be kicking that inner conflict down the road for a few days or a few weeks, but you're making the conflict greater and more difficult to wage going forward. People who are living by God's spirit don't just do whatever they want. In Galatians 5.16, Paul says, you are not to do whatever you want. And then in verses 19 through 22, he says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, some, just some of the things Paul describes as the acts of the flesh, sexual immorality, hatred, Jealousy, envy, drunkenness, and so on. And when we surrender to these things today, it leads to more conflict down the road. I mean, for sure, it leads to spiritual conflict. That battle within us between the flesh and the spirit, the battle between what we want and what God wants. When we say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want, not what God wants, that puts us at odds with God. Leads to relational conflict. The battle between what we want and what our loved ones want and need. When we live to satisfy ourselves, what we do is we break our relationships. We damage our loved ones. Even find ourselves at odds with them. 
Whenever we just do what we want, it leads to social conflict. We, we, we break away from our society when we operate with hatred, discord, jealousy, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy. Sounds like our society just about right now, doesn't it? When we do what we want, it leads to a conflict even within our body. When I eat what I want, drink what I want, smoke what I want, consume what I want, it leads to a broken down body. Meanwhile, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, honor God with your body. And finally, it leads to eternal conflict. In Galatians 5.21, Paul says, I warn you as I did before, those who live like this, those who keep on living like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Just doing what you want leads to spiritual conflict, relational conflict, social conflict, poor health in our bodies, and condemnation for our souls. We don't wanna live in conflict. We wanna live at peace. So the question is, how do we live at peace? How do we live in peace? We live in peace by giving in. By giving in. Not to the desires of our flesh, but by giving in to the desires God put in us through his Holy Spirit. Historical teaching of Christianity is that when we turn away from our old ways and we put our trust in Jesus, when we publicly profess our faith in Jesus through baptism, calling on his name for salvation, we are forgiven of our sins and filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.38, the apostle Peter said this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we turn away from the ways of our world and turn toward God and we are baptized, we receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us the spiritual power to say no to the desires of the flesh and to live a completely different life, the kind of life we were truly made for. Remember, we were made for more. And Galatians 5, through 25 shows us what more looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the flesh, live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It says when we live by the Spirit, we're able to crucify the flesh. And of course, we mean that metaphorically. We're able to crucify the flesh. We're able to keep in step with God, producing the spiritual fruit of love, joy, peace, and so on. And that's the third truth that I wanna draw out of these verses. Number one, there's a conflict between the flesh and the spirit that we all experience. Number two, giving in to the flesh, just doing whatever we want, leads to further conflict. But number three, keeping in step with the spirit leads to peace. Now the question we have to ask is, is what is peace? And what is it really? What's the peace that Paul is talking about here? Peace is not merely a passive absence of hostilities. Instead, in the Bible, peace is something that supersedes 
earthly circumstances. We can be surrounded by conflict in our world and in our workplaces. We can even experience some level of conflict in our homes, but still experience God's peace. Because peace, the kind of peace that Paul talks about here, the fruit of the Spirit kind of peace is not an absence of hostilities. It is a confidence in God. A confidence that that while we may be experiencing conflict, God promises to bring something good from it. We may be surrounded by conflict, but God can still do something incredible within it. And that doesn't mean that we should advocate for conflict or celebrate conflict or enjoy conflict. In fact, in Romans 12, 18, the apostle Paul said this. He says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with God. Everyone. So peace is a confidence in God's power and God's goodness and God's activity in the midst of our conflicts. And when we walk in step with the Spirit of God, we can experience that kind of peace. So I think the concluding question is, how do we walk in step with the Spirit of God? What does that look like? Finding God is the first step to peace. Acknowledging that you do not have the power on your own to find peace, this peace that surpasses all circumstances, all understanding, acknowledging that you do not have the power to find that on your own, that's the first step. So what do you do with that? Well, you seek God for it. Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, it says this, from one man, God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of the land. Why did God do this? God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. God wants you to reach out for him. God wants you to find him. He is not far away. Maybe you need to pray every day, God, if you are out there, reveal yourself to me. Show yourself to me. Help me to have faith in you. Finding God, that is the first step to peace. Following God is the second step to peace. And once you find God, you have to start following him. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all to say, well, I believe in God, but I'm still gonna do things my way. And yet that's what so many believers do, isn't it? God, I believe in you, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do dating and, and sexuality and marriage. I'm gonna do those things my way. I'm gonna raise my kids my way. I'm gonna manage my money my way. I'm gonna behave and, and talk my way. No, you gotta follow God's ways and God's values and God's principles and trust that God's ways are better, but you're never gonna know how much better they are until you trust God enough to follow through. And when you decide to follow God's ways, trusting that his ways are better, you'll be taking major steps toward experiencing God's peace. Experiencing God's peace in your relationships, in your finances, in your body, in every part of your life. Finding God is the first step to peace. Following God is the second step to peace. 
and praising God is the third step to peace. You know, sometimes you just need to take a time out from all the chaos around you to praise the Lord. I've heard it said like this before. When you're worried, start to worship. When you're worried, start to worship. When, when you realize that you're not living in peace, but anxiety and fear and worry, start praising God for all your blessings and watch the peace he brings. I wonder how many of you saw there was a social media meme that came out a while back. Sometimes I wonder, can God speak through a meme? Well, he can speak through a donkey. Anyway, this meme came out and I was taken aback by it because, well, just to be honest, I kind of got a lot on my plate right now. I don't know if any of you feel that way. But leading a church, it's more difficult than you might imagine. And taking one through a pastoral transition doesn't make it any easier. There's like the, the business side, you gotta manage, there's staff side, there's preaching side. And, and then in my personal life, like paying for college for multiple children at the same time. Well, that's more challenging than I thought it would be. Raising four children, <laughs> blessing. Not all blessings are easy. Making a marriage great. Working on that one. A lot of work. Got a house that needs maintenance. I got some cars, got some other stuff. And anyway, I saw this meme and it said this. It said, do you remember when all you ever wanted was everything you have now? And I just had this moment when I saw that and I said, okay, God, this is what I asked you for and you gave it to me. I will praise you for it. That's peace. Oh, we gotta wrap this up. So our takeaway for today is found in the three steps to peace we just shared. If you are stuck in the conflict between your flesh and your spirit and the flesh says there is no God, this Christianity stuff cannot be true, why am I even here? Meanwhile, you hear the Holy Spirit saying there is something there, there is something special. You know it in your innermost being. You can feel something different. Then take that first step toward peace and pray, God, reveal yourself to me. Or maybe you already believe in God, but you keep fighting a battle between what God wants and what you want, and you know in your heart that God's ways are better, but what you do with your hands is something different altogether. And take that second step toward peace and say, God, I will trust in you and I will follow your ways and start yielding yourself to God's ways. Or maybe 
You took those first two steps a long time ago and it hasn't been as easy as you thought it would be and you hoped it would be and you find yourself at times disappointed, disillusioned, perhaps even depressed with all the things around you. Then take that third step toward peace and start praising God. Turn your worry into worship. Start remembering how many of the things you have are the things you prayed for and God answered your prayers. And be confident, he will do it again. Find God, follow God, praise God, and God will give you his peace. Heavenly Father, help us to find you, follow you, trust in your ways, and praise you for all the ways you have spoken to us and led us and worked in us and through us to lead us and others back to you. Fill us with your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.